This is Harry Hawk Football, the original Redskins fans podcast. On today's show, we talk about the Jason Campbell trade and the 2010 NFL draft. Did the Redskins get a tackle or go for the quarterback? This and much more, live from Aaron, Josh, and John. All right, y'all. Uh, before we get into this podcast, I just had to put in this public service announcement so we don't get emails about this. Um, <clears throat> Josh's computer, how do we say, uh, crapped the bed during this recording. And the best I can do is offer my backup recording, which is over the phone, like we used to do in the good old days, but it sounds really horrible. But for all you junkies out there, I didn't want you to have to wait any longer for another podcast. And we sure is... Uh, we sure didn't want to have to record this hour-long thing again, so bear with us on this podcast and enjoy, if you can, Harry Hog Football, episode 209. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? Seriously, yo, 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 what's happening? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes, welcome to a... Packed to the gills. Episode 209, Harry Hog Football. And let's jump right into it. Yeah, we have got a lot to talk about. Yeah, dudes, from the trades to the draft to the undrafted free agents and the schedule, not to forget, we got a lot to talk about. So let's do it, dudes. First thing up, the Jason Campbell trade. If you guys didn't hear, Jason Campbell was traded, quotes, to the Raiders for a fourth-round pick. For a fourth-round pick, not this year, not next year, but 2012. 2012 pick. But, Aaron, you said to me on the phone the other day there's something about there's a chance there may not be a draft if the uh, if they don't find a new CBA or, or come up with a new collective bargaining agreement next year. There's a chance there would not be a draft. But there also wouldn't be an NFL season if I'm not correct, or if I'm not mistaken there. So, <laughs> that, so that suck. might yeah. be the reason. Yeah, that might be the reason they went for 2012. Or maybe the Raiders were just being the Raiders. And they were like, one, you know, Al Davis woke up at like 1 in the afternoon and they changed his diaper. And he said, And he had his Bloody Mary. I'm taking 2012. I won't be alive anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Raiders picked up Jason Campbell, and quite frankly, I feel kind of sorry for him that he has to go to that team of every, any team yeah. he could go to. Dude, I, I don't think, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I don't think you guys have. I don't think there's any ill will between Jason Campbell and the Redskins. I don't know anyone that has any ill will towards Jason Campbell at all. So they that must have been the best option the Redskins had. Like, the other options they had for trading it must have been for, like, a sixth or a seventh round pick or something. Because mm-hmm. to ship him to Oakland, Oakland! 
I thought the Bills might make a run for him or the Panthers, but since the Panthers drafted Jimmy Clausen, got dropped yeah. in the laps. I mean, yeah, good I mean, JC, but good luck, dude. Good luck. I think pretty much uh, everyone on the team hopes he does well in Oakland, except for if they're playing the Redskins. So, dude, in my job, there's a couple days a week I see a guy that's a Raiders fan, and the last couple weeks we had this running joke. He's like, "Man, we will give you Marcus Russell for like you know, a, you know, a pallet full of Doritos, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that." And I was just like, "Hey, how about this? You send us to Marcus Russell." We'll put him and Albert Hainsworth on the new 3-4 defense and see which one lasts longer. Because <laughs> DeMarcus Russell is going to get cut. They're not going to keep him. Oh, yeah. They'll save $6 million bucks if they cut him. What a bust. He's going to be – he is Ryan Leaf-esque in, in the amount – in the, the size of the bust that he's going to be. He's going to be one of, if not the biggest bust, number one pick bust in NFL history. He is that. I mean, that is that much of a fall for great for him. Hey, John. And it's all his own fault. John, who's worse? Sure. Who's worse, Jamarcus Russell or Derek Anderson? Marcus Russell. <laughs> the guy can throw the ball like eight yards, but you know he's probably going to hit some hot dog bag and tend during the stand because he doesn't have any accuracy and he refuses to work on it. Um, but he actually has a lot more. Like, you know what? Russell has a lot more raw talent than Derek Anderson. Derek Anderson. And now since we're talking about Jason Campbell though, <laughs> we should also point out the fact that Jason Campbell showed up with somebody in tow out there. He did. Uh, he did out there in tow. Who he did bring the rock with him, Rock Cartwright? Yeah, Rock Cartwright has a fresh start in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, how do you think that went down? Did Jason Campbell show up and was like, man? I think it was more like Rock called him up and was like, dude, I need some work. See if the Raiders will take me. No one will give me a job. Maybe the Raiders will find me. Dude, dude, when Al Davis is getting his yellow, dude, just, just, just like <laughs> elbow him a little bit, like needle him a little bit. You're like, dude, dude, you should pick up this guy, Rock Hart, right? You're like, you're like, dude, the best time to get Al Davis Dude, apparently dude, dude, Al Davis. Up and spike is in sure shakes. <laughs> when he's starting to feel a little loopy, just be like, you know, I know this guy, Rock Cartwright, is really good. You should bring him in. Apparently, the Raiders nation really is pretty excited to have Jason Campbell, from what I was reading on that. Yeah, their their quarterback for Jamarcus Russell, uh, Grad Kowski, who I think is better than him. Um, they have not had a good not had a good uh, quarterback there since. We have had one uh, in Washington since we've had one in Washington. About, since Jay Schrader. Anyone <laughs> that's good that's played there gets run out of town. Like, what's the face of the backup in uh, Philadelphia and started for a while? Jeff Garcia in San Francisco, yeah. He was there. He basically he couldn't get out of town fast enough. He was there? Did the Raiders add Kyle Bowler, too? They're, uh... <laughs> Bowler? What's football? I think so, dude. I think he is like their third or second or first string. Who knows? They all suck there. Yeah, they're definitely the best quarterback on their roster at this point. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. By far. So, anyway, Jason Campbell, good luck, dude. Um, Sorry he got traded to Oakland. That sucks. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Hopefully, 
I have a bad feeling he's the next Patrick Ramsey. So moving oh. forward, dudes, the 2010 draft, um, uh, you want to take them one at a time or you want me to do a rundown of the list and then go back and talk about them? Well, I think uh, Aaron Kuyper Jr. needs to do his rundown here of the draft. Dude, don't even, don't even like. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, here's the rundown. First round pick. I'm going to tell you like who we got in the actual draft or what we got for trading the pick from the draft. So here it is. Round um, one. We picked it. We picked it. We picked it. We picked it up a plier. Um, Trent Williams, left tackle from Oklahoma with the number four overall. Be confused with TV and movie Treat Williams. Please do not do not confuse him. And for those of you guys who don't remember him, just remember the bad sensei from Cry Kid. That's mm-hmm. Treat Williams. So anyway. we're hoping he will be a treat to have on our team. Oh jeez. Uh, uh. <laughs> Dude. Bad yeah, that was that was. So anyway. Oh, Moving down the list with our second sure, round pick. Now. Oh wait, let's talk about Trent Williams a little bit and like for real. Oh wait, I thought you said we were doing the rundown first, but we're not. We're just going to break it up. Okay. No, I, I totally lied and I apologize. Let's talk about each one. Let's talk about. John, what are you doing? It sounds like you're in a wind tunnel or something. I know it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Well, I guess maybe it sounds that way on my phone thing, but. Microphone should be sounding clear as a bell. All right. All right. Trent Williams, dudes. I had to tell you, I thought for sure, except for that it's the Redskins. Logically, I thought for sure that we would take Russell Okung with that pick. And all I can say is, this is what I have to say about it. A lot of people... On blogs and whatnot, are like, man, we should have taken Okun. He can lift more and this and that, and he's a more polished player. This is all I have to say about it. We took a left tackle with the first pick. A, Vinny wouldn't have done that. So we didn't do something stupid there. And B, I'm going to have to leave it up to Mike Shanahan and his staff of people that actually evaluate people of which tackle was better fit in Washington than me just reading news reports and stuff. So, yeah, and then I, I I agree, Aaron. I I was a little surprised. I was like, wow, we we didn't get the guy who seems like he's ready to step in and start playing right now. What they're saying, a lot of reports, Trent Williams is a little bit more raw, and he but he looks like he will be even better than Okun in the long run. Um, Williams started three years at right tackle at Oklahoma, and then moved to left tackle this year. Um, he's the guy that gave up the sack or the hit that uh, broke Sam or separated Sam Bradford's shoulder. But all reports are that he, he improved leaps and bounds every single game that he played, and that that certainly isn't something at this stage that he would have given up because that was very early in the season. I think it was the first game for them. Mm-hmm. So he's improved greatly, and they think he has a lot of upside. And a lot of the the film, you know, when they show the highlight reels on TV and online, you're not going to see, like, low light in the highlight reels. So everything we've seen about him is good. But one thing I've really noticed is that he's got really good feet. 
Dude can move. Dude is huge, and he can move his feet really fast. And I think for a tackle, especially someone that's got to deal with speed rushers, like a Julius Pepper, Pepper's kind of guy who can try to bull rush and then move around the outside, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be really good at just pushing the guy down past the pocket so the, the quarterback can step up and make a throw. He's also played center, I read, like in the bowl game. Yeah. So they said he was pretty good. Treat. I mean, apparently, he must have played some special teams. I was looking at his stats, too, and he actually has a handful of tackles. So it was interesting. Does he have some sackles? Does he have some sackles? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like, com- comparing the two of them, they're both, you know, out of schools in, in the state of Oklahoma. Trent Williams being Oklahoma Sooners and uh, Russell Okong at uh, the Oklahoma State Cal Patties. Oh, that's the reason right there. Yeah, but I think Trent Williams is actually from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Trent Williams is actually from Longview, Texas. Here's the deal. like Trent Williams, is, uh, his official stats say he's 6'5", 318 pounds. And uh, Russell Okung was 6'6", 305 pounds. So Trent Williams is a little bit, you know, a little bit heavier, uh, but an inch shorter. So, you know, maybe he's just a stockier build there. Not I think much, Trent though. Williams has a longer. He, he looks like he has like a longer frame. Like he doesn't look as as solid as Oakland. He looks a little bit more. I, I, I can't. I hate to use the word lanky, but he looks thinner than his weight. Does he I have? I think that's where his speed and his his quickness is going to come into play. But does he have an right. odd body like higher? He does not have an odd body like soon <laughs> to be cut odd body higher. Thank goodness. <laughs> Odd body. Do you, do you foresee <laughs> odd body higher being cut? I foresee odd, odd body higher riding the pine. I can see odd body higher getting cut. With all these guys are going to be talking about they've been bringing in and trading for and all this stuff. So anyway, right, overall, dudes, I am pretty pumped about that first pick. It was a smart I think thing to do. Keep them for depth. I really do think they'll keep them for depth. We'll see. We got a brand new regime. They, they don't have any loyalty to all these... Uh, all these mediocre Maryland terrapins that the, the Vinny kept going after over the last few years. Easy now. Easy on these people that, you know, we have some Maryland listeners S- out there. Speaking of, dude, the thing I love most about this first-round pick was the nail in the coffin that the Vinny error is over. Error. <laughs> are you sure with that, with that trade for the 2012 draft, are you sure Vinny didn't have a hand in that? Dude, I oh, think yeah, that's sure. the best the Redskins can get. We had, we traded a second and a conditional 3-4 for McNabb. McNabb, who's gone to five NFC championship games yeah. and won a Super Bowl. He has, didn't win it, but he's done a whole heck of a lot more than, than Jason Campbell has ever done. So at so, most a second and a third. A fourth pick. Yeah. So a fourth pick for Jason Campbell I think is about the best we could have hoped for. Speaking I, of, I was really hoping. I was like, best term, best case is a third. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so keep moving down the draft list here, Trent Williams. All right, and uh, with the second, with our second round pick, speak of the devil, we traded yep. it to the Eagles for none other than Donna, Donovan McNabb, the new Redskins quarterback, and, and a conditional 2011 third fourth, right? Yeah, right. We, yeah, we did. 
But I'm not talking about that pick yet. I'm just talking about what we did with our second round pick. Excellent. I just wanted to tell the whole story. When we do this in 2011, I'll talk about that pick. It's <laughs> going for Donovan McNabb. And we'll either be like, man, that was a sucky trade, or, man, that was an awesome trade. <laughs> anyway, everyone knows about that, Donovan McNabb. That's a whole other discussion, but, you know, Donovan McNabb has tasted the big show, and he wants to put a ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. They drafted a 33-year-old veteran quarterback with a lot of wins under his belt. I think that's pretty good. For a second-round pick, I'll take that any day. For the second round, the Redskins choose Donovan McNabb. Quarterback out of Syracuse. Moving to our third-round pick, another thing that I think was a good pickup, Jeremy Jarman. We used our supplemental draft pick for him last year, actually, and uh, picked him up uh, last summer. And he was looking really good in preseason, and I, he got into a few games, didn't he, before he got injured? And he did. He was coming he around. He looked, When he was in there with those scrubs in the preseason, he looked like he was, you know, going to be pushing to start pretty soon. So hopefully he'll come back healed up from that. Was it a knee? A knee injury? I've heard different reports on it. I've heard uh, ligament damage in the knee, but then I heard reports that he had, broke, had a broken ankle. Okay. So I don't think anyone really knows. It's probably his elbow. So we don't know if he's going to be coming back in time for training camp or later in the year? He's supposed to be back. He's supposed to be back in time for training camp. Though. Sweet. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to this. Is How, does that work? How does that old supplemental draft thing work uh, affecting our third round here? Um, this, well, that's deal- dudes that um, don't get <clears throat> drafted or um, for whatever reason. Like in his case, he was um, – he was ineligible, right, John, because of that? The deal is that, that you have to declare eligibility for the draft by a certain date, the regular NFL draft. And oh, right, 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 people right. like Jeremy Jarman, who lost his eligibility in the spring after that deadline had passed, he lost his eligibility for a performance-enhancing drug that was allegedly in an over-the-counter supplement. Um, so he players like that or players that are in a little bit of legal trouble, um, people like that. Uh, Ahmad Brooks out of UVA a few years ago. He ended up going to, I forget what team, but he was with the Bengals. Uh, players that, players basically that need to get out of college because they did something wrong is basically the story. They have a supplemental draft for them later on in the season or later on in the year. And what you can do, like, they go through and they say, all right, uh, in the Lewis, you have the first pick in the first round. Do you want to get anyone? And they say, nope. All right, number two. Oh, number three, no, and they go through, and when your picks come up in the draft, you can just pass, or in the case of the third round, the Redskins said, yes, we'll pick Jeremy Jarman out of Kentucky, and, and because of taking that pick, you lose that third, in, in our case, the third round, you lose the third round pick in the next draft. So basically... So the supplemental pick in the 2009 supplemental draft is erases the 2010 supplemental draft third-round pick. Does and, that make sense? Yeah, and basically it's like the highest bidder because there were two or three teams that were poised to take Jeremy Jarman and they wanted to use their fourth-round pick on him. The Lions were Right, including the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you take a pick in the supplemental draft, you lose that pick in the next regular draft, the one for the next year, is basically what it, it sums up as. And this is the first and only pick the Redskins have ever made in the supplemental draft. And there's usually only like five picks every time. 
Yeah, and in Jer- for everyone. And in Jeremy Jarman's defense, um, that apparently what he took, he like showed them the bottle and everything, and it didn't say that that substance was in there. And they were like, "Well, you should have asked your, you know, trainer with before you took it and stuff like that." So kind of looked- like the deal with those guys from the Vikings, the Williams guys that are not brothers. Yeah, and um, who are still fighting <laughs> that four game suspension because they're like, it didn't say it was on here, it didn't say it was on the list. Mm-hmm. What what are we supposed to do? We can't test it in our own garage. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so it looked like this legitimately the whole Jeremy Jarman thing. I talked to some Kentucky fans and people that followed his college career closely, and they said it it pretty much looked like it was a innocent mistake. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's going to be good for the Redskins. Moving forward, in the fourth round this year, we picked up Perry Riley, linebacker out of L. S U. What do you guys know about him? I think he's from Richmond, if I'm not mistaken. Perry Riley? Perry Riley, I think, is from Richmond, Virginia, and he was pretty pumped about getting drafted by the Redskins. Said a Redskins fan growing up, yeah. Said it was his dream come true. That's pretty cool. And it, well, I, we know that in the new 3 4 defense, the Redskins need a lot of linebackers and they need a lot of fast linebackers. And I think right now we've got about 12 linebackers on the roster. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, six, he's like 6'1", 240 pounds. That's not really a, uh, not really what you see for a 3-4 inside linebacker, though. That, that's not the kind of guy you want trying to bring down Taylor Jacobs with a full head of steam. But they right. said they were going to move him. Wait, where did he play in college? Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Uh, <clears throat> they said they wanted to use him as an inside linebacker, didn't they? I bet they put him in the special teams. Redskins work with them in special teams, and maybe I, I don't know, man. That just doesn't seem like an inside linebacker to me. Well, we'll see what he does in training camp. Yeah, yeah, and the, the next mini camp is actually coming up here pretty shortly. We'll be talking about that in a, a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, <laughs> I think it's a good pick. I mean, we need a lot of there. There we need a lot of help in a lot of spots. Offensive line number one. You know we need a lot of linebackers as well. So, all right. Fair enough. Good pick. So our fifth-round pick, we traded to Miami. The tuna. For, wait. For a sixth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. Is that correct? Um, Actually, I'm not sure that that is correct. Uh, uh, Yes, yes, actually, it is correct. Okay. We traded that. Hold on, let me bring up my list from HarryHogFootball.com that I brought that I had before. Hang tight one second. We traded that pick. Uh, we got we traded our fifth round pick, which was the first pick in or the thirty second pick in the fifth round, and that allowed Miami to move up like six spots, and they gave us our original sixth round pick back that we gave in the Jason Taylor trade, which was which was pick five in round six, so yeah, six picks up. And they also gave us seventh round pick, pick number 12, which uh, we'll talk about here in just a minute. All right. So basically there went that pick, okay? So the sixth round pick. Which is um, the Jason Taylor trade pick that we got back. That's... That was like from 2008, right? The, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that was that was Bill 
Bill Parcells hooking us up a little bit because they, they wanted to move up to draft somebody with that pick, that last pick in the third, in the fifth round. And, you know, that was kind of funny. It was kind of cool of him to uh, package a couple picks together, including the one that we used to have, being like, yeah, we know. Old Jason Taylor thing sucks. Tuna! I got the Jets now. So is it with that sixth-round pick that we got Dennis Morse? Um, or did we trade it again? Yes, it is. It is with that pick. Okay. I don't understand that pick. The Dennis Morse pick. I mean, maybe maybe putting him in at fullback. Uh, That's what I understand. Exactly right. Dude, apparently, from what I was reading about Dennis, from what I was reading about Dennis Morris, he can block, he can catch, and he can run like a fullback. So we need some blocking tight ends because, well, Fred Davis isn't that great of a blocker, and Chris Cooley is too too good of a pass receiver to to leave him in to block all the time. He's a decent blocker, but we don't really, you know, they find that that cool-looking guy that used to play for Dallas. But we need, like, it, it doesn't look like to bring him back Yoder, so we need a tight end, a big tight end that can block, mm-hmm. basically. And if he can also play, if he can also pull back, I mean, you know, we all, we're all big Mike Sellers fans, but, you know, I don't think he has much left, you know, a couple more years or maybe. Dude, Mike Sellers has let me down last year. And the yeah, year we talked about that earlier, Aaron. You and I talked about that earlier off the air, and uh, and I think all three of us have mentioned that on the podcast before that he slipped a lot last year. But I think a lot of players slipped a lot, so I don't want to I don't want to ride him off yet. But he was uh, he was not up to his standards last year, so hopefully this will be you know a comeback year for him. I was thinking about that. You know what I think? I think that he has been sort of a mental and physical leader on that team for some time. And I mm-hmm. think he's probably just deep down. You know, I think he's like feeling, I mean, we've had such you know, this handful of really bad years now. And I think he's feeling that, man. I think it's, and it's showing to, on a lot of our players on the field. I'm hoping he can take this year and turn that back around and, you know, become that, become that leader again. Cause I think we all really like the guy. Um, become that, that caveman that he's been in the past. Yeah, we all like that. Great story. Great story. Um, we'll, we'll highlight that another day if we need to. Um, but just yeah. someone who's through a whole lot of adversity to make his way to the NFL twice. I'm so, s- right. Dudes, I'm still mad at him about that fumble at that Bengals game we were at. Anyway. Um, <laughs> at the goal yeah, line. But everyone was playing like dog poo that day. So Yeah, but know. he fumbled going over the goal line. Okay. Yes, he did. Um, let me see here. Uh, okay. So there. We talked about Dennis Morris. Yeah. So I didn't really understand why we got a tight end at first until I did a little research and found out that he's a good blocker and he could play fullback. So he might be one of those um, all-purpose dudes like or a Todd Yoder type that you just kind of put in every now and then. Anyway, I still think he might make the team since Yoder's gone. This other dude, Terrence Austin, I was wondering why. In, oh, sorry, we used our seventh-round pick to get Terrence Austin, who's a wide receiver out of UCLA. And a lot of people... The one from the Dolphins. uh, Yeah. A lot of people were questioning this pick, but um, I pretty much, after I looked at him um, and saw that he was a punt returner, I think, like, what, second in his conference in punt returns um, and a kick returner specialist, and he's fast. So um, 
We need one, especially with uh, Rock and Randall L. leaving. Not that they were, you know, doing that. Kind of leaving or <laughs> Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think that might be a good pickup for us if he's a uh, special teams type guy. Well, if you, if you just purely look at his um, his stats and you do the math, he have like he's had like 109 receptions in college and uh, for a total of, 1,192 yards. So, do the math. That's How many yards. years did he play? That's a first down every time, <laughs> if you do the math like that. Yeah, and here's also, John, your dog, Marco Mitchell. Um, I was reading something that pointed out that Marco Mitchell, since he does not really do special teams, could be the odd man out if this Terrence Austin guy has a good training camp in preseason. Wait, dude, Marco Mitchell. I'm just, I'm, gonna ask. I'm just saying. Hold it. Sorry, Josh. Yeah. I called it. I called it. I called it. <laughs> Josh forbid us from playing his sound effects anymore. I called it. You can only play it. You can only play it what? If I can't make the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving forward. Um, our next seventh round pick. <clears throat> I can't keep track of where this one came from. We might have had this one. Who knows? Oh, what what happened? We had the first pick in the seventh round that we had gotten from St. Louis for something. Oh, okay. um, I don't know for Stephen Davis's. You know, I don't know for whatever. Stephen Davis's yellow cake. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, so we traded the first in the seventh round for pick 22 and 24 in the seventh round. So we got two more. I mean, it's the seventh round. I mean, you're basically taking flyers right at this point. I mean, yeah, we got um, um, the safety last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago, that safety at UCLA. Gosh, the dog Horton in the seventh round. But seventh round picks that stick for a long time, like, like they're very few and far between. The only one I can think of right now is that Horton is Rock Cartwright. You know, the only other team that would take him is the Raiders. So, there you go. Yeah, but he played in Washington for a long time and contributed a lot. Seven years? Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good tenure for a seventh-round pick. So, so okay. I mean, you're basically taking flyers. It's like, yeah, sure, we'll go for that guy. I mean, this, this is the time on the board. This is the problem that Vinny Serrato and the Danny had when they were in their heyday. They would look at the board and be like, we got to take the best player available and just make it work which is why the Redskins didn't draft an offensive lineman for 10 freaking years in the first two rounds. First, and only one in the first three rounds, being Doo Dockery, Aaron's favorite player. <laughs> so this is the point. When you get to the seventh round, this is when you say, ah, let's take the best player available. Who looks good? We'll take this guy. We'll take that guy. We'll take a chance. That's not what you do with the fifth pick in the first round or the ninth pick in the first round. Anyway, all right, so moving on. Seventh pick, or... 22nd pick, 7th round, the first one, Aaron. We take a center, Eric Cook. Are we going to call him chaotic here? New Mexico, and I haven't really read anything about him. Have you guys seen anything? New Mexico, yeah, he's 6'6", 318 pounds. Uh, chaotic junior. He's got like a two-foot-tall net. You look at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to suck, dude. That means he's going to be like, you know, offsides a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he started for uh, uh, how many 
the center. Started, His uh, head sticking out over the ball. What? Oh, really? So he's kind of an offensive lineman all around, man. Actually, dude, this is funny because I just I was just pulling up some more information on him here, and if you, <laughs> it's funny that you just said that because if you go to the if you go to NFL.com and look at their draft profile of this guy, it actually says he may be a little tall for the center position. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They might be using him as a utility offensive lineman if he makes the team. He might, he may, he may just oust odd body higher as the last offensive lineman. Odd body. You never know. Speaking of news, and going on to the last pick the Redskins had, pick 24, which is 231st overall. Definitely the cool. odd body higher, someone who's going to have a lot of, uh, who's got a, a really good chance and definitely, definitely the coolest name in the draft. His name uh, yeah, by far. is Selvish Capers, and he's out of West Virginia. He's a mountaineer. <laughs> selvish, not selfish. Selvish. selvish. Funny, he doesn't look selfish. Yeah, he doesn't look selfish to me either. <laughs> he's a caper, though. Sounds like some kind of food. Selvish capers. Selvish capers. Like something you'd buy at Whole Foods or something. <laughs> you'd see, you'd see, you'd see, Selvish capers, two ninety nine. Run up to the Whole Foods and pick me up some Selvish capers for You like see it in the? Uh, it's one of those things you see at Whole Foods. You know where like they have all that stuff and you have no idea what it is. It's one of those things. Anyway, Selvish Capers, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, Mel Kuyper doesn't have much use for him. But some other people, John was reading some articles that were saying that he may be at the gym of the seventh round. I, I've read multiple articles. He was projected to go in like the third or fourth round originally. Yeah. And uh, for him to still be sitting there in the seventh round, it's probably a value city. What did they keep it calling it on the, on the draft? They kept calling it the Golden Corral value pick. <laughs> oh, dudes, before we get off the draft. Last time I was at Golden Corral, every time I saw a pick, it was no value to it whatsoever. <laughs> hey, before we get off the draft, I have to mention that when Tim, Tim Tebow was uh, drafted by Denver, Mel Kuyper was beside himself, and I was cracking up. He was over there like he defended himself. He defended himself for the like the entire time. Every time I saw him over the three day period, he defended himself on the Tebow pick and the Clausen pick because he thought the Redskins were going to get Clausen. He really, really did, and I felt bad for him almost because I was just like, "Oh, you, you foolish old big haired man, you think that the Redskins are really going to do that?" And you know, he, he, every time they would talk to him, he'd be like, yeah, well, like I said, what the Redskins should have done was pick in Clawson in the fourth pick, blah, blah, blah. He kept, like, throwing that in the entire draft weekend, like, through the whole coverage, over and over on multiple days. Yeah. And speaking of quarterbacks, we did pick one up after the draft. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now, these, these, these 
these aftermarket uh, undrafted free agents, the Redskins have not released an official list uh, as of yet on these, but according to multiple other sources on the net, including uh, Hogs Haven, I believe. Yeah. Picked um, up a few of these guys. Yeah, yeah. So these are kind of. Are you talking about uh, Daryl Clark, too? Yeah, Daryl Clark out of Penn State. But uh, we do yeah. have to pre- we do have to say that these are not a hundred percent. These are not confirmed. verified one hundred percent by by the Redskins, uh, which is kind of surprising because they usually uh, release this yeah, information the information on the Washington Post is reporting it. I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's pretty safe to say that Daryl Clark has been signed and he can compete with Colt Brennan for the number number three quarterback position because you know what's-his-face, that other fourth-string Barton guy or whoever he is isn't going to be there. We might as well not even remember that guy's name. Bartell, I think. He's going to be like the guy from last year who was wearing number two. What was his name? Bartell. Yeah, from, uh, Bartell, dude. Missouri. Bartell. Last, last year, the Redskins had a number four quarterback. He was from Missouri or something like that. Dick Bartell. Dick Bartell. Last year? We have a Donovan, a Rex, a Colt, a Dick. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the one from last season where the Redskins had that fourth guy, and, they, and he ended up signing with the... Uh, a Dick and a Daryl. He ended up signing with the Saints, I think. Dude, you're talking about um, Chase but, Daniel? Is that who you're talking yeah, about? Okay, yeah, okay, yes. I couldn't remember even remember the guy's name. Is he ever going to start in the NFL? No. Anyway, Daryl Clark apparently broke all kinds of records while he was at Penn State, kind of like Colt Brennan did at Hawaii. So we'll let them battle it out for the record breakers, third string quarterback position. Cole Brennan. He's standing out of the zoo. Cole Brennan needs to get a new position. He needs to play safety or something so he can change his number to 45. (laughs) (laughs) Cole 45. (laughs) Cole 45. I might have something to say about that. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway, Can you imagine a Colt 45 commercial with him and Billy D. Williams hanging out together? Hey, um, hey, Darryl, this guy Daryl Clark, though, he wore number 17 uh, in college. Great, dude. That's some great information. <laughs> you put well, you know, we get rid of one 17 and we pick up another. That's all I'm saying. Well, here's... I'm thinking we're not going to give him number 17. Yeah, because that all was right. a special thing that Doug Williams let What's-His-Face have it. What's his yeah, face? I've already and, forgot and his Silver. name. He's only been gone for two days, and I've already forgotten his name. Campbell? Yeah, Jason Campbell. <laughs> Come on, dude. Dude, you've been drinking too much number 45, man. Come on now. So, anyway, do you want me to just run down the list? Do we need to say much about these undrafted free agents? Because I really don't know much about them. one of these guys will make the team accept. Perhaps Daryl Clark will get rid of uh, Colt 45. And here we go. Anderson Russell. I can see Daryl Clark making the team. I'm just saying. I can see Anderson Russell making the team. LeVar Arrington um, uh, interviewed Daryl Clark today, I believe, on his show. And so, what did he say about him? Did he, did he admit that he signed with the Redskins on you the know, show? Yeah, because well, did he right. admit that he signed? I mean, can you confirm if he yeah, was? Yeah, confirm from this report. Okay. And, and Clark but, says he's ready to go. To, he's ready to go in Washington, and that he's often been compared in college to a uh, young Donovan McNabb. Interesting. Oh my. Well, we'll see what happens with him, Daryl Clark. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe uh, Shanahan saw that and, you know, said, hey, if this guy plays like Donovan McNabb and Donovan McNabb gets injured and we put this dude in, maybe there won't be that much difference in the way the ovens is run. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe. And, and speaking of that, well, no, you know what? I'm going to save that for another episode. We're talking about Shanahan and his rejuvenation. Oh, wait, dude, the Shanahan. That's the first time we've talked about him. We're going to get a call from Bruce Shanahan asking us to stop playing that music. We're not going to get a, a, a call from him. We're not going to get a call from him. He's going to show up and, like, just you open the door. You'll be like, yes, and he'll just punch you in the face and walk away. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know with Shanahan. John was telling me a story about how, like, the first day of minicamp or what have you, he, sh- he came into the locker room with a list of, like, license plate numbers from dudes that were, like, parked over the line and stuff in the parking lot and was like, you need to go fix your car. Yeah, you need to go park your car correctly. Yeah. Yeah, he's like... Stuff like that, like, he's totally nitpicking on it. This is something I heard in, in, a, in an inter- interview with Chris Cooley uh, the other day and that he's totally nitpicking on it. And they're not finding him for stuff like this, but basically it's accountability across the board from the moment you get to Redskins Park to the moment you leave. you got to be completely professional, you got to be completely accountable for everything you're doing. Well, dude, I just pulled that up. I'm reading about it. So go repark your car, dude. tolerate his players double parking. Yeah, like, <laughs> just pulling all in in their Escalades, like taking up one and a half spots. That's pretty funny. He just walks in with a list of license plate numbers. And, you know, on a team that had, like, made the playoffs and was a perennial Super Bowl challenger and everything like that, that never would have flown on but a team that has sucked as bad as the Redskins have, it's just like, yep, yep, yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Go move my car. Except for Albert Hainsworth. Who else did we pick up in a, a allegedly in a, undrafted? Okay, Anderson Russell's a free safety out of Ohio State. I said that. Logan Paulson. Cooper. What? Logan Paulson. 360 Another tight Logan end. Logan Paulson. Not the uh, former Duke basketball player and Syracuse quarterback. Keller Williams, the uh, hippie singer, <laughs> guitar player. <laughs> Sorry, that's Keeland Williams, and he's a running back out of LSU. He's a, he's a buddy of... Um... Highland. I'm not sure. Oh, wait, maybe it's Keller Williams' realty. No. It could be. It is. Anyway, right, moving on. Kylan Williams is a running back out of LSU. He's a buddy of um, Perry Riley's. And uh, Marquis Slocum is a defensive tackle from East Arizona. East Arizona. You know what? Former East Arizona. East Arizona. And former backup for the Philadelphia Soul. <laughs> and last but maybe not least. Maurice Greer. <laughs> I was a stagehand for the Philadelphia Souls. Maurice Greer um, is Maurice running Greer. from Troy. That's Troy. Mark my words, though. I've already debated this with John. The Redskins will keep Clinton Portis, Larry Johnson, and Fast Willie Parker as their running backs on the roster. I think the fact that, well, they have Anthony Allridge, who is a, a pump return threat to fumble. 
but they do have these undrafted two uh, guys. We'll see what happens. I, I still can't see them keeping all three of those old dogs without a uh, without a young uh, without a young stallion in the barn waiting to uh, jump in there. <laughs> Anthony Aldridge. Let's let us not forget. In addition to the unrestri- undrafted free agents, we have some dudes that have been invited in for tryouts. We've got Javery McFadden, a linebacker out of Wisconsin; Derek Townsell, a wide receiver from Murray State; Joshua Parkan Allen, a left tackle out of Otterbein College; Bo McNally, a safety from Stanford; Clint Kubiak, who is, I think, the son of none other than Gary Kubiak. And he is a safety from Colorado State. Well, there you go. I can tell you who they're going to keep. They're going to keep that Josh Allen guy out of Otterbein. Josh the the Parkan Allen? Probably. If by keep, you mean God. (laughs) He's got a chance. I've heard some... He'll be starting an offensive uh, guard defensive tackle. He's got a cool nickname, at least. The scouting report on Joshua Allen is that he um, is often late to team meetings, and uh, <laughs> and he double he double parks his car and he double he double, parks he, double <laughs> he double parks his Volvo in the team parking lot. His Volvo wax. Anyway, those dudes I think probably want for a break before we go into the second. Yeah, let's take a break, man, before we go into the to the second. The second uh, third of our, show. Of our podcast. Second ten, yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break right here and don't play that old break music. It's not, it's now the fun. Play something else. Um, yeah, dude, DJ's choice. Go for it. What? Talk for a second. Play then. something. Play some music in the background. Here's yeah, a break. We'll be back. Play play, play something. Play um. Uh, All right, here's the break music. All right, we're back. Hold on. You're listening to Harry Hog Football. Please hang up and try again. Cialis. The double tub on the hillside got you down. You must be taking Cialis. Anyway, we're All back. Right. Uh, let's wrap this show up pretty soon here. Here we got a few more things we got to talk about. We failed to mention the trade with St. Louis for Adam Carricker, which I think this could be a big pickup here. Yep, that'd be great. What do we trade for Adam Carricker? Our fifth round pick? Wait. A buck ninety-eight. What did we trade for him, dude? Any? Ah, all right, dudes, I'm back. What I missed. Dude, what did we trade for Adam Carricker? I can't remember. It was something pretty low. Um, I think half a crate of Tostitos, uh, party pizzas. I already said that, dude. No, it was a buck oh, ninety-eight, two cans of beans. Oh, my bad. My bad. The bush pig beans. Bush's pig beans, of course. Um, the, what we traded for Adam 
swap injured character, although Aaron doesn't think we should call him that. Um, we swapped picks. We swapped that, right? fifth round picks. We swapped fifth round picks. Oh yeah. Um, from the front of basically, yeah, going way back to the beginning of the podcast, we swapped the uh, 135th pick for the 163rd pick, and we also swapped seventh round picks, and we ended up trading that pick away anyway. Oh yeah. Um, we... Basically, dude, we did get it for half a credit to the party pieces of some bushes baked beans. We got them for a combined loss of 25 right. picks. 25 Guys, spots. Stop. Guys, stop. What? Um, something just happened with GarageBand. All right, um, yeah, Adam Carricker, uh, we got him for basically nothing, and we just had some technical difficulties. That's where there's this little glitch here. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about Carricker. I mean, this guy was, was his 13th pick in the 2007 draft. I mean, he's not some scrub. He was, mm-hmm. he was a thir- he was the 13th overall pick. Two years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago now. Years ago. Yeah, and um, the other thing that I'm pretty pumped about is he played for Hazlitt in St. Louis. And if he Hazlitt's coming to Washington and saying, let's get this dude. Right. He, he obviously doesn't suck, or he'd be like, oh, he kind of sucked when I play, when he played for it. It's basically one fit right into their scheme. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say oft injured. He got injured once, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. We, we debated on that. I, I think you're right about that. He, he missed all of 2009 because he tore a muscle in his shoulder in preseason. Um, but in, it, I haven't really seen much about 08, except for that he was kind of an underachiever. He had a great rookie season. He was an underachiever the next year, and then he told his, tore his shoulder. Um, so he's not really off, off injured. So, yeah, he's... You are correct on that one. But my defense of him is who wasn't an underachiever in St. Louis? It could be the rest of the team sucked. Yeah, that's true. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. He's definitely going to make the team. Dude, we're going to be at that game. If he makes the team, we're going to be at that game in St. Louis where he gets to go back home. Oh, yeah. And Jim Hassler gets to go back home. He's going to make the team, dude. There's no chance. I mean, I... I'm pretty sure of that. Anyway. Well, he's got me. I, I, I think the reason I called him off injured is because of that uh, Mate Kimoiyuta or Kimoiyatu guy is also someone that they've gotten who has a lot of potential but seems to be injured a lot more than Character has. Character just had that one big injury. Yeah. But two injured, two guys who were injured and coming back from, from major injuries. Mm-hmm. Who may or may not contribute on the defensive side of the ball, but I think both of them have some pretty good upside. And we're not—I mean, we're not giving up much more than those uh, Beijings and uh, Pacers. And we all—we also right. have to point out here that Shanahan came in with this, you know, well, crappy team, and he didn't have like, you know, what four draft picks to work with. I mean, he's got to take some risks and roll the dice on some guys like this. It reminds me, what I equated it to the first time I heard it was like, good Lord, it's like Vinny Serrato and, and first, former first-round picks, especially offensive line picks. But but the more I think about it, it just kind of reminds me of that on the surface. I mean, most of these picks could be good. Okay. There's, there's a few other dudes that uh, we signed besides Adam Character. Character. Adam Character. Uh, what is this, Hagens? We signed Hagens from UVA? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, the Redskins, let me find the list here. Uh, the Redskins did sign some people before the draft, some uh, some pre-draft, uh, um, undrafted, free, or not undrafted, some pre-draft free agents that were hanging out. Um, they signed them on April 19th before the draft. Um, a bunch of guys, well, one, two, three, four guys. The only one I had heard of was Marquis Higgins, the former uh, quarterback and at the University of Virginia and wide receiver. He has also been on the Redskins preseason team. Um, I believe he's on the practice squad. He's been with other teams as well. He's he's kind of like 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 the new Antoine Randall. Maybe I mean he's someone that could have a shot. Maybe possibly. Except he played quarterback in college. Yeah, I mean he was a good college quarterback, but you know definitely the smaller, mobile college quarterback that really can't play quarterback in the NFL because they're way too small. So is, is he signed as a receiver? Too. I, I know we've talked about him before. He's a local guy because he went to Hampton, right? He's like a Hampton grabber or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Is he signed as a receiver? Is that his official position? He is signed as a receiver. He is not playing. He has not played quarterback in the NFL. He is signed as a receiver. But he's a receiver like Antoine Randall who can take a lateral or a pass to a flat. So anyway, we'll see how that works out for him. And you said there's three other dudes, and we don't know anything about them. A wide receiver, a nose tackle, and a running back named Ryan Torrain. Um, wide receiver Roydale Williams and a nose tackle named Howard Green. I, I don't the stuff I read on them. I, I don't think they're people that we're going to be talking about come uh, September. And I then. Another uh, controversial signing was Dar- Darian Scott. He, um, what is he, an yeah. offensive lineman? He played for uh, Jim Hazlitt in the UFL. Darian Scott was a former third-round pick with the Vikings a few years ago, and he played a couple of years, and he got uh, he got busted for a little bit of marijuana in his car, um, and then he also got arrested shortly after that because the cops went into his townhouse and found him with a plastic bag over his two-year-old son's head. <laughs> what an um, idiot. What was he doing? Child dude? endangerment. Dude, what are... Uh, he just sounds like a stereotypical tool offensive lineman. Yes, man. Like, like a dumb, dumb, dumb person. Um, basically, long story short, uh, according to ESPN back in 2008, he was sentenced to a 200-year... or $200 fine, two-year... Um, a two-year sentence that was postponed uh, for putting this plastic bag over his son's head. He said basically that he put it over his own head to <laughs> pretend he was the boogeyman, and that made his two-year-old son scared. So he took it off and said, look, it's not scary in this suffocating plastic bag. Look, and put it on his head. And at that um, moment, child <laughs> services busted. And at that moment, the cops busted in on a sting. <laughs> On a plastic bag sting to see if that's like, what was happening. Lord, what you going? What you going to do? Uh, so he's yeah, long and I believe his wife was wearing a wire. What what probably happened is <laughs> what probably happened is his wife came flying in and saw this and then called the cops because she hated him anyway. I think the kid yeah, was that's, wearing that's a the wire. story. She's the one that called the uh, the cops. His, his the the mother of his son called the cops. Um. So long story short, he was convicted and, and had the, you know, the two years suspended and a $200 fine. Um, and he, he had a three-year ban at the beginning of the 2008 season 
for conduct against policy, you know, the whole Roger Goodell thing. And I believe before that, the Vikings had already cut him because they were like, this guy's a big, you know, he's a big loser. And he has not played in the NFL since. He did play for the Florida Tuskers last year, who happened to be coached by Jim Haslam. Jim so, okay, so this guy could make the so team. So he, he was a Buckeye, right? This guy, Darius Scott. He is a Buckeye. So he could oft hot, odd body hire. Josh Parkey and Allen could oft um, odd body odd hire. hire. Artist Hicks, you and I are debating on whether he's really good or not. I think Artist Hicks is going to be good. Personally. I don't know, dude. We'll see. Anyway. Let's wrap right. let's wrap this thing up with the final bit of news uh sh- the Sean Taylor locker which has been left undisturbed since his uh, uh untimely departure murder murder um uh, is being moved by the Redskins where the fans well the rich fans can see it on the club level at FedEx allegedly on the have you now we don't have I've read different <laughs> reports I I've, I've heard from uh, various sources that they're moving it to the club level. I have also heard they're moving it outside the stadium. I have not heard a, uh, a confirmation of exactly where the locker will be placed. I sincerely hope it will be placed where every single fan can see it. Well, it's not, dude. Bruce Allen would do. It's not going to be moved outside the stadium. In like three years, you'll have this rusty old locker. No, I mean, is it going to be like a fake locker room with a locker sitting in there and it's going to be lit and like his Cleats are going to be sitting on the bench and stuff. I mean, probably ha- something like that. I know it's probably his actual locker, like though. They're not going to take stuff out of it. His actual, it's in his entire locker with all the content that they placed the glass up in it after his murder um, from the training facility at Ashford. Did, and they're moving the entire thing. Did they at least now, like take out now, the right guard and stuff? You know, we all John love Strat. Scott Taylor, but man, I don't like stuff like that. I, I find it kind of creepy. I don't know what it is about it, you know. I don't need I don't need to remember somebody by going and looking at his locker. I understand. I, I think it's a cool thing personally, but I understand what you're saying. Absolutely, you know, it's one of those things. Some people will look at it and be like, "Oh, that's really cool to think about it," and other people will be like, "I don't really want to think about such a sad thing right now." When, well, I, when I when I and, think of uh, Taylor, I I think of him in my mind making these big hits, and I think of him, you know, making these plays. And, and I don't want to. I don't want that. Those memories, those thoughts in my head to change. So I, when I go and look at a locker of his, I don't know what that will do to, to that. So I, I, I don't know that I'll, I'll be into that. But I don't know, but you, you know what? Um, what might be in that locker though? What? I'm not even gonna say it. Anyway, um. Yeah, I would rather see like a highlight reel like you're talking about, just like playing on the loop somewhere with like a little Sean Taylor 21 like sign and then underneath it there's like a video projector showing a loop of all of his hits like the one in the in the Pro Bowl where he totally nailed that punter. That was pretty sweet. I mean, maybe they'll do something like that. (laughs) No, maybe they'll do something like that in this little closed off area, put a big screen or something and they're showing that stuff. To me, that would bring it much more live, but to just show a locker, I hope they do it tactfully is all I'm saying. Yeah, I think they will. I think it's going to be a very respectful thing. I, I, you know, it sounds like uh, Alan the Bruce has got his thumb on the pulse of Redskins Nation. He understands a whole lot of things that we have been bitching about for the last few years or ten since the day he bought the team. 
who, by the way, did anyone see Dan Snyder on TVS Draft? No, because I think he's finally letting people take over. There, exactly. He resigned himself to being just an owner instead of a uh, meddler. And yeah, we would have and done by the way, too. Chris Daniels was also there, and he's the one that announced the pick on uh, day three of that linebacker. I thought that was kind of cool. And his, his yet pseudo-undefined role with the Redskins, I thought that was neat. Didn't he announce the first pick, too? No, that was Roger Goodell. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they look a little bit announced different. the entire first round, yeah. Okay. They do look a little bit different, but I can see how you can make them up. Oh, I didn't see it, dude, because I was in class. So. <laughs> anyway... I think that pretty much about wraps it up for tonight. Next week, be sure to tune in because we'll have Aaron's uh, precarious predictions when we talk about the schedule. Aaron's famous precarious predictions. Coming back at you once again for the 2010 NFL season, which somehow the Redskins got three night games again. The Forest 12 team gets three night games. Seriously. And let me just point out that it's not precarious predictions. And for some reason, last year, I don't know how this happened, but I was only 4 of 16 so of my picks. So hopefully this year I'll be a little bit better, like maybe 14 of 16 picks will be right. I'll be, I'll be happy with 12 of 16. Anyway, my picks will come up this week, uh, next week. Make sure you tune in so you know what I think is going to happen with the Redskins this season. And right that wraps it up. Uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Hang on, if you, if you haven't if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and uh, friend us on Facebook, Harry Hog, uh, and follow us on Twitter, Harry Hog. And so, check uh, out the uh, new and improved website at HarryHogFootball.com. And hail right. hail to the Redskins! Looking forward to the season. And if you see a Cowboys fan this week. Joke on! 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 Joke on!